This podcast is brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, it's the way that we're going to fund all the science moving forward here at uh, Today in Space for now. And it's it's if you like what we're doing and you like to give back, uh, just go to that link. That's all you got to do, really. It's it's that simple. Um, you just click the Amazon link. It opens up Amazon's homepage just like you'd go to anyways. And if you end up shopping and getting anything, Amazon kicks us back a little bit so that uh, we can keep the lights on here and keep working and, and doing more science and bringing you some more cool stuff. Um, and if you really want to make it easy and you're just like, I'd love to, I just don't want to have to go back to the homepage and click every time and I just am not going to remember that, got the answer for you. Bookmark it in your uh, web browser. And then that way, every time you go to Amazon, just click the button and boom, you're supporting today in space like a G. That's how easy it is. So thank you. And uh, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today in space, we're going to be talking about uh, the Falcon 9 that finally returned to the hangar at SpaceX and find out if they found any kind of damage on the reentry landing and see if the rocket is good to go to launch once again on a mission in the future. We're also going to talk about some 3D printing, and uh, I got some cool stuff for Christmas, so I'll tell you about uh, the new material uh, that I worked with, and uh, it's very cool. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, some stuff at work, and then the whole big thing about this episode is the idea of being in space alone, by yourself. What do you do? How, how are you going to deal with it? You know, and just kind of run with that thought. Uh, and I'll also go into the R2-D2 effect. That's a new theory I've got from this week. And at the end of the episode, we're going to do a new segment called Look Up, where I'm going to tell you all about the stuff you can, uh, well, about an overview of the stuff you can look at uh, in the night sky this month, January 2016. And we'll be doing those at the beginning of every month from now on. So get ready, saddle up, and let's get on with the show. So, big news as far as SpaceX is concerned and the Falcon 9 landing. Now, we know December 21st that SpaceX officially landed their first stage rocket for the first time on land, and it was incredible. We talked about it uh, two episodes ago. I think it was the Christmas episode. And it's just something you definitely have to go see. And it, it, it's the first step towards reusable rocket technology. And... On December 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, Elon Musk put on Twitter that the Falcon 9 was back in the hangar at Cape Canaveral. No damage found, ready to fire again. There's a great picture of the rocket, and 
like it's it looks like a little bit worn because obviously it's <laughs> been going like crazy speeds and and burning off air as it's going by it never mind the rocket fuel you can see the grid fins it just looks sick go check it out um and also uh there's another article i found that talks a little bit more about it uh, and basically you know they're they're gonna try and relaunch this rocket uh it's going to relaunch sometime uh, according to elon musk sometime in 2016 uh because there's uh, apparently over a dozen launches planned for next year. Um, and they want to refly only one of the rocket boosters. So, like, that, did, when I read that, I was like, oh, I didn't even... I, you know, I figured they would have replaced them anyways. Um, but yeah, if they could refly rocket boosters, then the price is really going to go down. I mean, it can make space flight like crazy good. Like, you know, we could get rocket boosters to the point where they're like um, engines for cars. You know, there's so many of them made that, you know, you can just have someone make it for you. It's amazing. But anyways, the next launch for the Falcon 9 is scheduled for January 17th from the Vandenberg Air Force Base in California, carrying the Jason 3 satellite for the NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Uh, and that will also be, that launch, the last for the V1.1 version of the Falcon 9. Uh, the one that landed on December 1st was the first of the new upgraded version. It had more thrust, and uh, it's going to be used for all the next missions. So... Uh, Pretty cool stuff going on at SpaceX. Uh, incredible that they not only landed a rocket, but they they the first one they landed proved that you know there was well showed that there was no damage. Like that's that's incredible. So an amazing feat by SpaceX. It's just amazing watching this space race happen. It's incredible. Alright, now I want to talk about some 3D printing that I've been doing because uh, I haven't talked about it much because I've uh, just been super busy. But over break, uh, well, I'm calling it a break like I'm still in college. Over uh, the holidays, you know, around New Year's, uh, I got the 3D print again. And one of the things I got for Christmas was a real, a one kilogram spool of PLA plastic, but it's not just PLA plastic. It's wood PLA, and PLA is a plastic. But yeah, you heard me right. It's wood made with plastic, combined with plastic, I should say, because that's misleading. But there are actually particles of wood inside the plastic. So, like, I'm printing, like, this wood-plastic hybrid, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, I have the print in my hand here. Uh, videotaped everything, so uh, I'll show you guys like what it's like printing with the wood and uh, really cool stuff you can do with it. Uh, there's a great website I'll put up on this episode's link where they talk about all the different things you can do with printing wood. You can stain it like real wood. Wood. You can sand it like real wood. Uh, it, like it brings a whole new meaning to uh, just three D printing stuff in general. Um, I've got some, some really cool stuff, and I'll, I'll share them with you guys once they come out. 
Um, it's just the sky's the limit, man. I mean, when you can start printing in other like crazy materials, it just makes the whole experience of 3D printing like you just do more with it. You know, it's just it's endless. It's, it's awesome. But 3D printing wood, if I was gonna put a, if I was gonna say what it was, it was awesome. Let's. <laughs> It was sick, and uh, actually didn't have any issues with it printing either. Um, but that could totally just be random and just that my settings happen to be right. Um, but when it printed, it printed really, really well. Uh, very happy with it. And that's it. I'll be putting up the videos soon. I'm still editing them. It's unbelievable how much film... Like, I've, I've been editing since I was in elementary school video, like doing projects and stuff. So, you know, f editing, it always takes a while. But uh, this is, like, the first time I've used uh, multiple angles. And, like, it, it's going to make the final product so much better. But <laughs> I've, never, I've never had to edit, <laughs> like, three different angles before. Like, it's how long you took it times three. Like, if it's a an hour-long print, there's three hours of footage. I mean, I'm not going through it, like, a second at a time, but it still, <laughs> it still takes a good amount of time. Uh, so, working on it, and uh, what, like I said, when they come out, they're just going to keep coming out, because I'm going to finish all of them and then release them. Uh, I think we're up to 12 prints now. So, yeah, tons of stuff coming your way. And we'll really start talking about 3D printing and all the crazy shit you can do with it. So let's talk about work for a little bit. So, because it, it is something that's going to affect this show. Don't worry, it's nothing serious. But we're entering a new, uh, we're taking a short trip into a different kind of show, a different kind of host. Because this host will be working the second shift at work probably until February. So now we're in the second shift version of the show. It's going to get a little weird. I mean, second shift is basically from 4 p.m. to midnight. You know, if you do eight hours. So that's late night right there. This is, this is post-work stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's a, it's a good opportunity. It's a, it's a, it's a great experience. I'm going to be uh, a CMM operator. Now, what does that mean? Uh, well, first of all, you gotta know what CMM is. Uh, remember, I'm in metrology now, so I'm in the field of the science of measuring. And CMM is your great is one of your great weapons for metrology. Uh, CMM, I have no idea what it stands for. I'll look it up here, and so we can actually tell you what it is. But basically. It is a oh here's here's a CMM is a coordinate measuring machine, and according to Wikipedia, because of course that's where we should get all our information first, uh, it, a coordinate measuring machine or CMM is a device for measuring the physical geometrical characteristics of an option object. This machine may be manually controlled by an operator, or it may be computer controlled. So, it's a really technical definition, but basically, it's a robot arm with a probe on it 
that moves in the x, y, and z direction. So it can, it can move around in 3D space, right? And you tap the little probe against wherever, whatever you're measuring, and the computer records as, as a point in 3D space. So then you can make a model, you can check models, you can check all the different, whatever you can measure and, and get the probe to touch, technically you can measure. And then it's where do you measure from, all that stuff. So um, it, it looks a lot cooler than it sounds. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, everyone's looking for a CMM operator all the time. You know, they're, if, if you ever get into the field and you ever have a chance to learn the CMM, you know, if you're an engineer or anyone getting involved in some kind of manufacturing, if you have a chance to learn the CMM, learn the CMM. I mean, it's extremely valuable. You know, it, to be able to know it in the company means that the company can rely on you to help uh, get some work done, uh, just more opportunities for you, uh, for, for the future it's valuable because how many people can run these things? So uh, if you're out there as an engineer, I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, you know, there's, from what I've seen, I've seen two different, one of them being me, two different people uh, get into the CMM. One uh, was told, figure this out, and had to become a programmer and an operator uh, like that. Uh, not that it's impossible just is a little more work or you can do how I'm doing when I'm learning uh, underneath the operator programmer and uh, you know he's a great teacher uh, learned it very quickly like within a few days um, and it's you know the thing is you just can't be afraid to make a mistake you ask all the questions you can and you'll figure it out especially if like your hands-on type if your hands-on type you're not gonna have an issue just make sure to ask can I do that? Can I do this? Because if you're a hands-on person, you're going to learn it way quicker if you can actually get involved, get your hands in it. But yeah, end of story. Engineers, if you have the opportunity, go for it. And really any programming at all. I mean, computers aren't going anywhere. And everyone needs a programmer. So get to it. Do some work. But the, the reason I really brought up the second shift uh, thing at work uh, is really because it all kind of ties in with this week's main theme, which is being alone in space. You know, what that's going to do to you. You know, how do you handle that? You know, what's some of the research that space agencies have done? So all that we'll cover here. Uh, but the first thing you're probably asking yourself is, Alex, what the fuck does being alone in space have to do with you working the second shift at work? Fair enough. Fair enough. But really, I mean, it's it's just the fact that you know I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking about it logistically for my for how I'm doing things on a daily basis. It that completely flips the script for what I'm doing right now. So if I don't want to go crazy with stress because that's the kind of person I am I have to plan it out so for me I'm just trying to think okay how's my day gonna change how's this and basically you know it's gonna be nice because uh, all the stuff that's during the work day I can actually <laughs> take care of which is pretty sweet um, but 
I'm also working when everyone else is home and home when everyone else is working. So as someone who's pretty social and likes to be around people, that's like a little bit of a shock. But, I mean, it's it's okay. Um, and so one of the things I started thinking of, of course, because it's me, is, you know, when you're alone on a journey. That's That's what I'm on right now, you know, journey of work. And what are you going to do uh, when you're alone? How do you try to prevent yourself from slowly slipping into madness? It's obviously a little extreme if I'm talking about the second shift. I'm not. I'm talking about space. So uh, what would you do? I mean, that's kind of the question, right? Um, I feel like you... It would be really hard if you're truly alone, like, like, uh, castaway style alone. You'd have to find a Wilson. I mean, that's, that's just a given. Uh, because you just, you need to be, you need to feel like you're with, like you're not alone. <laughs> Say it simply, right? Usually, though, you're not going to be alone. Usually there's some kind of uh, control team that's uh, communicating with you from Earth. So, I mean, as long as you have them, it would be easier. But, uh, you know, on, on one of the NASA studies I was reading, or no, was it a NASA study? Let me pull it up here. Anyways, I'll have I'll have the link. It's it'll be one of the studies I have uh, up on this week's episode. But it talks about how there's there's like an effect that happens to. They were testing uh, ast uh, U.S. astronauts and Russian cosmonauts on the Mir stations and the International Space Station. Uh, and it it showed a whole bunch of things. And one of the main things is that even though they had people down on Earth communicating with them. There were the people who experienced the stress and their behaviors changed. Um, like some people, so when they when the astronauts are commu communicating with the ground team, there's sometimes where the astronauts feel like the other persons. There's some members on the control team they don't trust, and they stop communicating with them and kind of like backing away from them. Uh, I forget what they were calling it. It was something, uh, I, I don't remember the word, but basically they they were shutting down um, to that person because they, they viewed them as an enemy is what the study, or uh, an opponent or something, something of that nature, someone in conflict with them. Uh, you know, and, and that's the weird thing people do. I mean, people do that in, in regular life. Um, you know, just putting that thought in your head, like like thinking you know what's going to happen, fantasizing almost uh, about a situation that you don't even know would actually happen. You don't have enough information. Like, like a lot of people do this with their cell phones, right? A lot of people do that where uh, if they don't get a text from somebody or if someone doesn't like my thing back on Facebook, it's some big, like, like, fuck you, 
uh, or, or you feel like, oh my God, like they don't like me anymore. Like, and that's on earth. So like, if you're that kind of person who gets offended by stuff like that, or who fantasizes about what other people think about them or without ever actually asking or any of that stuff, if you're that kind of person, I do not think that being out in space without any other training is a good idea for you. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, you know, you would need to be at the top of your game. I mean, you can't... I mean, I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but as far as... I mean, that's why there are astronauts and cosmonauts and space adventurers who are trained for this. They're trained for a reason. You know, they're trained... You know, I, from what I've seen, or how, how I would think it is, is that these people are very strong of character and will, and they they possess a belief in themselves and in the mission and in the science that... And, and they've prepared for every situation down to if there is a disaster and everything goes wrong you are in charge of calling my family and telling them what happened, having all the affairs in order. That's what it takes to go into space at this time. And, and that's, I think that's totally understandable. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much it changes when it becomes commercialized. It'll be very interesting because it could uh, maybe space travel gets a lot safer and you don't need those conditions and they, all the research we've been doing on the International Space Station and what we'll do in that time, we'll be able to find some way to simulate, you know, the, 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 the things that need to satisfy us as human beings. You know, uh, there's, you know, I, you see today, like, with, uh, a lot of people in some, some stuff I've been researching is that people have like they don't know how to use their body anymore they don't know how to uh, they're just at a deficit all the time you know and, and like people who don't work out don't get that release of energy and that resetting of hormones in their body to become calm not stressed and all that stuff and then they build it up inside and they have no way to release that energy so then they become depressed or they become, you know, stressed out, you know? You you need to have that in space. You need to be able to simulate this. So let's say they do that, right? Let's say they get it to that point. Uh, what's it going to be? You know, I personally am a huge proponent of robots or in what I'd like to call the R2-D2 effect, right? So the R2-D2 effect, what I'm talking about, is just that companion that uh, could be an imaginary friend. It could be uh, anything to, to get you through, you know? Wilson in Castaway, you know, perfect, perfect example. I, in The Martian, um, I don't remember which rover it was but he had one i think it was sojourner um had it inside his habitat 
you know, the 400 days or so that he was there. You know, at the end, he brought it back, and you know, they had a little, like, a little scene where it was like he, you know, got used to it being there, even though it's just a robot that's <laughs> beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, zeros, ones, I'm moving, but I don't know what I am. <laughs> But that's his that's his dude. That's that's his his companion, his comrade. Right? So R2D2 is kinda like that, but the reason I'm even bringing it up is because for Christmas, uh my mom got me uh it's a it's a car charger, right? It's a uh it's like those hubs where you can put the USB chargers uh and charge your phones or, or whatever for the car, but this one's a little R2D2. So, you know, at first I was kind of like, all right, I'll try it out. Like, I've been burned on stuff like this before, you know? I've thought it was the coolest thing ever and just been so, so disappointed. Like, like, you're just like, oh, man. Like, it didn't even last a day. You know? We've all been there. The hopes were so high. But this R2-D2 did not disappoint. So it just goes in the cup holder, right? Uh, and every time you turn on the car, uh, R2-D2, the head spins around, and he does like he does the same voice every time when he's, the car starts. But it's a different voice when the car charges in. And I think there's a third one, too. So it's pretty good. But the point of it is that, like, so I drive a lot for work. It's just... You know, uh, it's where I ha- uh, I'm living right now, and work's always about an hour away. So it's whatever. It's been like that my whole life. Uh, you don't have to feel sorry for me. Um, you know, so you're all. I, it's always you know. That's how I got into podcasting because music got old. You know, uh, now it's podcasting and switching from music. Uh, so you're always just trying to keep yourself entertained enough to drive. Uh, and not think about the fact that you're driving <laughs> for that long, you know. Uh, but the like having the R2D2 last, especially because it, I got it, I got R2D2 as soon as it got cold here because it it's, was warm for a really long time. It's just started getting cold around the same time I got them, and like it brightens my morning so much when little r2d2 is like spinning around i i i i can't explain it but and it's really silly but whatever it's it's awesome i love it um and i feel like that's i don't know if that's what george lucas intended it intended intended it just making up words intended for r2d2 as like that companion maybe he did if he did it's brilliant um kind of in science fiction being like all right, you will be alone in space. So having like a little navigator, a little droid, uh, would be perfect. But at the same time, like brilliant, like let's talk about R2-D2, one of the like most beloved characters in almost anything, and it's an android. You know? Like that's, like, and I know it's not how, he, he didn't go out there being like, this is going to be, the most important character in everything. No, just, it's amazing that that's what, like, people love. Like, and I love it, too, so 
I'm with it, but like that could have gone horribly wrong is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it could have been totally misled and everyone just would have been like, what? Why would he just, why, why did he do that? So anyways, having little R2-D2 in the car because I'm driving by myself helps so much. So I can only imagine what that could do for you if you were alone in space. Um, so I'm advocating that we get robots. Basically, what I'm saying. I would love it if everyone else, if everyone could build their own robots, and we could get like custom robots, like how different people make it different ways. It could be really cool. But uh, yeah, the R2D2 effect. I like that one. And that's that's pretty much it for being alone in space. Just another thought from this week. Kind of kept me up this week. Not not too bad. I'm 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 okay with. I don't know, I, th I think the weirdest stuff is like calming, like the infiniteness of space and like the idea of being alone in space. It's, it's a little weird, but that's why I do the show. Okay, we're going to try a new segment here. We're going to do these uh, at the first episode of the month, and we're going to talk about all the stuff that you can go and look up. Basically, I want you guys to, to know what to look for. If it's a clear, dark night, and you're looking up at the stars, you know, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, this week we're going to talk about just, the, on these episodes of, of Look Up, we're going to talk about uh, what you can see, what they are, uh, and where to look for them, and then in the future here, um, I'm going to start getting into the mythology of it, uh, and really dive deep into my culture, um, the Greek mythology, and we're going to explain all the stories behind them, and so we'll pick one, we'll probably do it, I'd like to do it every week, but it's probably going to be once a month, so, uh, but look forward to that, so that's going to be fun, but this January, uh, one of the big things is that in the morning, the pre-dawn sky in January, okay, you're going to be able to see all five visible planets, that are going to appear simultaneously, okay? So, you've got... Let me find this here. Okay. So, if you're a morning person, remember, look into the sky, and this will be the first time since January of 2005 that uh, the five visible planets were in the same sky. So, this is pretty, it's a pretty big event. Uh, and if someone could just grab that, that movie-like scene of them in the morning, uh, as the sun is rising, and just like the planets, it's like a Star Wars scene, it's awesome. Uh, so I guess, hold on, I've, I've, I've got to just, hold, give me one sec, everybody. <laughs> the power of post-production. We can just come back, and it's like nothing happened. So, uh... You'll be able to see Jupiter, uh, Mars, Venus, and Saturn. And it's going to be... That's four, isn't it? No, that's five. No, that's four. <laughs> okay, okay. It's Mercury. Mercury is the fifth planet. But Mercury is slipping in uh, as the month goes by. So it's actually moving from a night sky to a morning sky. So, uh, pretty cool stuff. So... 
you'll be able to see Jupiter, Mars, Venus, Saturn, and eventually Mercury all in the same sky. Remember, that's the first time since January of 2005 that uh, they've been in the same sky together. So pretty cool. Make sure to go check it out one morning or late night if you're still up. Now, the other thing that's going to be really cool to look out for is just Orion in general. The constellation Orion, Orion's belt, all that stuff. You're going to be looking for him, and basically you're going to be able to see Orion in all its glory. Uh, you know, we'll point out, you know, the top left of Orion, uh, the arm, is the star Betelgeuse. Uh, it's a very, very cool looking star. Uh, make sure to go uh, check it out. Then, uh, you can actually also see the Orion Nebula. And apparently on a clear, dark night, there's very little uh, light pollution, you can actually take out a pair of uh, binoculars and look at the Orion Nebula. And you'll be able to actually see it with binoculars, apparently. I'm going to try and go out and, uh, and do that myself so I can let you guys know if that works. But now if you're wondering, okay, where is the Orion Nebula? Because obviously it's got to be, you know, a part of... Uh, Orion, right? The constellation. Well, if you actually just look, uh, you know, see Orion's belt and go pretty much right where his dick would be, and that's the Orion Nebula. Yeah, I didn't, there really wasn't any other better way to say that. Because um, at first I didn't believe it. I'm like, oh no, maybe it's just his knees. Nope, it's right where his dick should be. I don't really know uh what they call like that you know like the 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 leather flap that like some of the warriors like in the past used to have like it just kind of went down over the top i was gonna say that but what do you even call that i i almost tried googling it and then i was like no this is just gonna get really weird if i google leather strap uh groin I, I don't know it just how, how do you even search that online that's that's what i'm trying to say so basically look into the nuts of orion and see a galaxy with binoculars that's what i'm trying to tell you it's gonna be a great great month for viewing the stars um there was a meteor shower that passed uh, it happened january 4th um i'm sure you could still catch them but that was the peak of the meteor shower um and that about does it for look up in January. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, this podcast is helped, supported, supported by, uh, or we get help by, from the support from Amazon and anyone that uses the Amazon link that we provide in this week's episode, any week's episode, and the homepage. Basically, all you gotta do is click the link and shop on Amazon like you usually do. And what happens is, is is once you buy something, once you do a little bit of shopping, Amazon will kick back a little bit of what you got uh, to us so we can keep the lights on, keep making the show better, grow it, do more science. We've got a ton ton of stuff. Uh, we'll be telling you guys in the future. We've got a huge thing later this year. We're going to talk about the mission that we're going to be planning. So that's going to be awesome. But it's all thanks to people and the listeners and you for using that link and shopping the christmas season the holiday season was huge thank you everybody for doing your shopping there can't tell you how much that means uh we're just moving forward here 
That's what it's all about. So thank you for listening. Thank you for shopping. Spread love. Spread science. Have a great week, everybody.